Jones, 30, 35, 40, east of midfield, and then every kick. The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is a sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 51st episode of the podcast on December 11th, 2013. It sure is. We're approaching the end of the year. I know we're trying to get this episode done earlier in the week. I'm off to the, the Big Easy tomorrow. Ooh. I'm, I'm not seeing the Pelicans. I still can't believe that's the name of a basketball team. <laughs> the Pelicans or the Saints or any of those teams down there play. It's it's for work. So uh, it's going to be interesting to to be down there. You can mix a little pleasure. There's just great food down there, I know. And just, just a little bit. Um mm. You know, I've never really been to, you know, the South like that. I mean, you know, there's there's Florida and whatnot, but yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> it's 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 pretty different, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. How yeah. has your sports week been? That was good. Um, I mean, the other night wasn't too good. I I went to a bas- I went to the first basketball game of the year for for me, mm-hmm. and uh, like every other time we played Gonzaga. They just blew us out. Like it wasn't even close. We lost by four, <laughs> mm. and we led the entire game. Uh. And their uh, their point guard, who has just been playing amazing uh, lately, uh, he uh, he knocked down like two three pointers at the end of the game, like with two minutes left. And we, I believe, we had they only had two fouls in the second half, and uh, we went over the limit. In the second yeah. half, I mean, like that right there completely changes your game. Our leading score went for twenty in the first half and and two in the second half. Mm. And then they had a really big uh, guy from a different country who we couldn't stop at all. I mean, we just don't have anybody that big. Well, but um, it's tough. Yeah, Especially I mean, when, like you know, they're ranked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're the and we needed that win. We really did because every other ranked team we played so far, we've lost and. It would have been great for a resume, you know, because we're trying to get back to the NCAA tournament this year, and uh, it's it's we have one of those teams where if we're not shooting well, it's it's gonna be harder to win. Mm, so that sounds just like Michigan, yeah, who has had a disappointing start to the year as well. Mm. Uh, and then you, I think you said something about how there was some girl dancing. Yeah, um, like and apparently now it's like on the internet and it's not. <laughs> It's not really the best uh, advertisement for your school, but uh, it was just kind of uh, awkward in a way. I don't know. Like, a lot of people were kind of getting, like, you know, thought it was awesome and everything. But, like, she's getting just a little too into that pole, that uh, railing that she was <laughs> uh, leaning against. I guess you could, that's the most polite way to say it. Um, and, uh, I don't know, like, it was It was interesting because they actually, uh, like, apparently, like, I guess they took it as, like, a little too inappropriate, and she was pretty drunk. Um, they, like, almost asked her to leave, and, like, I've never seen a section around her. Oh, no, wait, I'll take that back. My first Steelers game I ever went to, um, there was a woman who was really, really drunk, and she was flashing the crowd. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, you imagine, like, young me, like, I want to go to all these games now. <laughs> um, and uh, this they, must be a they, thing that happens all the time. They had to, they had to take her, they had to escort her out of there. And all the the men, because she was surrounded by all these big dudes, they were just like, well, she's not doing anything wrong. What's wrong with this? And um, it was kind of like that, like except it was like full fledged cheering and chanting, like "Don't take her away" kind of thing. And eventually, the like the cops left, hmm. so I guess the the fans won. But I was more focused on the basketball game because that's the reason I went. And um, you know, down there, like with all the students sta- in the standing section, and uh, 
just uh, it really stunk because they they played really hard the whole game and really needed that win like bad because really the only um, out of conference like big out of conference game we have left is um, Purdue I think. Yeah. And uh, that's coming up in a few weeks. I'm actually going to go to that one, too, because it'll be during break. So Nice. Well, hmm, now that you say it, drunk girl dancing on what could be a pole and it's on the internet? <laughs> I think I'll have to look this up sometime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Last week on the show, we were talking about the World Cup 2014 draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing is going to change with that. It's going to be several months before the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from you know the some of the friendlies that get played here and there, yeah. uh, baseball free agency has continued. I think Bartolo Colon just signed with the Mets today. Oh. Carlos Beltran, I think the day after oh. the podcast, signed with the Yankees. <laughs> uh, so he's off the market. And then mm-hmm. nothing you know too big. I mean, for Detroit here, they just uh, actually just made it official. It was you know rumored for the last day or so. But uh, Rajai Davis from the Blue Jays has now signed with the Tigers. Hmm. Uh, oh, and then uh, Mark Trumbo from the Angels. Just, oh. They had a three-way trade, and he's now with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hmm. So that's a, that's a good good get for the, the Dickbacks. Uh, and then BCS Bulls. They have been determined as well as the other Bulls, and that's our main topic of the show today. We're going to try to make it a little bit of a quick one. So no full red zone, but we're actually going to start with a, kind of a side story. Yeah, and that was also college football related, and it involves Mac Brown. Yeah, um, and actually, you know, I, like it, we kind of heard rumblings throughout the season about you know when you bring in a new athletic director, it's usually to change things in a way, and uh, you know, lately uh, Texas football really hasn't been at the level that you're kind of used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually. They're only losing one or two games every year, that kind of thing at the most. Um, and uh, again, they they I believe they were the last non-SEC team to win a national championship. Sounds about right. Um, and so, uh, you know, when asked about it earlier this week, I think uh, Mac Brown said, "Oh, well, I'm recruiting in Florida." You know, like he's he's like, "Why would I be killing myself?" He, it was some kind of quote where, "Why would I be killing myself if?" If I wasn't gonna have the job, and then of course, j- like just the other day, um, I was listening to ESPN Radio, and they were like, "Yeah, apparently by the end of the week he's finished." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I, I can't say I didn't see that coming." Especially, you know, Texas played uh, Baylor for basically a de facto uh, Big Twelve championship game. Yeah, because Oklahoma State lost to Oklahoma. And whoever won that game would win the the, the game, and, and Texas just played awful, really. I mean, it was Baylor's game to win. And, uh, I, I, you know, I guess in a way you, you wonder, oh, if they had won that game, could they have still fired him? Because it, it is essentially kind of being fired, being asked to step down. He uh, has been there for 16 years. And it, yes, it's been a and really good he's, run. he's, I mean, he's kind of ingrained into the culture in a way he's uh, like you almost wonder if he finishes you know being a coach like he could probably get into politics there in texas yeah <laughs> i mean they, they they like him there and i think that's one of the reasons that like the past couple years you know haven't been as good why they've kind of given him more of a chance to recover get better recruits and that kind of thing the thing is they're, they're still getting the high level recruits they always get well, the results is, just haven't been as yeah. good so that's true and i think greg robinson i think the defensive coordinator now down there yes mm-hmm. uh, that was a mid that, that's not a that's not a thing. good recipe for success just saying yeah i don't three, wait, three, five. Michi- michigan didn't have as much success, success with them well that's because you don't run the 335 in the big 10 when running the ball and you know strong line play is is key. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, no, I mean, yeah, the report is that he's likely to resign at the end of the week, uh, which does, you know, leave the door open at one of the biggest jobs in the country, <laughs> if not arguably the biggest. Well, and- yeah, I mean, as far as uh, athletics go, you know, Texas is, I mean, it's almost like a, a business itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I probably, like, 
if not one or two of the biggest. Uh, I, I think they raise more money than any other athletic department in the country. Well, and, you know, Texas lives and breathes football. And not just the mm-hmm. university, the state. Yep. That is their thing down there, and they get a lot of talent. They can play year-round with the weather there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could say in that, that, that game that they just had that Baylor outplayed them with less Texas talent than they have. Mm. I mean, that is basically what I think happened. I think the scheme-wise, that's the reason that, you know, they didn't win that game. Well, it's still one of the big pipeline schools for talent. And mm. not only that, but, it's, you know, just the culture down there, the talent. But the biggest thing, I think, as far as the prestige of the job and everything, they have their own TV network. Yeah. It's, That's I mean, a big thing. Ask Texas A&M about that. Mm. I mean, they could probably go on for days and days. It was... It was part of the reason that Texas A&M wanted to make the move to the SEC because it was way too hard to compete with Texas the way it was. Mm-hmm. And um, saying that you are in the SEC is it's a recruiting tool. Obviously. It is for sure, and, and, and that's one thing they have on Texas now. But they, you know, it's still kind of as far as like the money goes and everything. Texas is just kind of way ahead of those other schools in their own in state. So. Right, and then you also you, you do have a less competitive Big Twelve when you compare it to yeah you know, the mm-hmm. SEC. So yeah. it's it's a big job, and thus it's kind of drawing the attention of you know coaches that may want to coach at Texas. Uh, one of the front runners with those names is surprisingly or unsurprisingly, depending on how you look at it, is current Alabama head coach Nick Saban. Uh, I'd, you know, yeah, I mean, I would say probably more now than before the Alabama Auburn game, because hmm. when when the coaches, I really do think when a coach is playing for a national championship, you that kind of becomes a big focus. I don't, hmm. and, and I'm not saying that maybe Alabama would have beat Missouri if they if they had played them, but there's he certainly would have been a lot more focused on his team then setting up a, you know for yeah, a game against Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. So I really do think that that is going to create a lot more pressure on the situation and make him think about it a lot longer than if he had been playing for national championship he probably would have just said, you know, no, I can't, right. you know. Now it's see some people may it's you know surprising that his name has been brought in the mix because like well, why would you leave Alabama like you continue on this trend, you're going to be, you know, another statue there at the school. You brought that program back to prominence. Yeah, he does have a statue, I believe. <laughs> I think he already has one. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, he just, you know, cement your legacy as one of those legendary coaches there. Well, he's already done that. Yeah. But here's the unsurprising part is this would not be... Pardon the pun. Nick Saban's first rodeo. Oh no, no! With you know saying that he's you know staying at a school or saying that he's committed, and then just jumping ship for another school, or you know leaving a team. You know he had a Michigan State, one of his earlier gigs. Left for LSU. And left LSU for Miami. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, that is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Left the Miami Dolphins. I believe that's when he went to Alabama. I mean, some of these stops, he's said that, no, I'm happy where I am, you know, focusing on the next thing, and then next thing you know, he's gone. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I always look back at that, my, the way that he left the Miami Dolphin job and, and think, it, like if he ever does want to coach in the NFL again, it's going to be very hard mm-hmm. for him to get a job because it's it's kind of different than it is at at you know a school as as big as some of the schools are that he's coach at at I mean it's taken a lot more professionally mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in the NFL and you kind of burn bridges in the NFL and it, you get in trouble with everybody that's the kind of thing so I I, I look at that one as probably the worst. Well, that's true, and uh, he is—he is also getting older. I think he's around sixty-two uh-huh. years old. So, 
you could argue that like oh he's just gonna you know wind up a few more years and it would be his last go but he, I mean, he could very well do that i mean uh, there, there's nothing wrong with that he's making plenty of money um i mean oh money is definitely not an issue i mean yeah i mean but i'm just saying like they love you there I, the, the thing that i wonder though is they love you there now and because you've won all these national titles mm-hmm. what if they start having a few bad years yeah um like it you know coaches set such high expectations for their teams and themselves because if they win national titles and things like that so I don't know. It was it was kind of interesting to see some of the other Alabama coaches that were there before him and like like h- how they got fired right. after like just barely missing SEC title games and stuff and uh it's I don't know. It's kind of like uh I don't know. I guess you could say like Kentucky in basketball. Mm. How many they went through a ton of coaches yeah. when they when they weren't making NCAA tournament sweet 16s and final fours. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I don't know, it's, it's it, it kind of like when you, the more that you win, the more, I mean, it's, it's Texas's situation right now. I, I mean, a lot of teams would love to, you know, almost win their conference, but, uh, I, I, you know, that's not enough. Right. And I think this is, this is where if, if I had to make the play, I think, you know, Nick Saban may in fact bolt for Texas. It would be a uh, there, challenge, I think. There's also you know, kind of restart in a way. But he's a builder. He's a builder of programs. Yeah. He did LSU. He brought back Alabama. And, and I, I think that he would. I think he'd have the same success. I think he'd have some flexibility at Texas uh, with the new you know format for the four team playoff. I think you know, you're the allowed other to thing have one. I loss think now. is that I mean the reason that he ends up being so good is because he's a really you know you could question a lot of the things that happen like. The, the few games that he loses, <laughs> uh, like the bad calls he makes, like his last game, yeah. that was really just, you know, a lot of people would never do that. Um, but he's a really, really, really good recruiter. Well, he's an amazing and, recruiter. And like, where imagine, else would you let him be? Yeah, yeah imagine being at Texas. You know, if he goes there, they're going to get even better recruits than they already have, which are some of the best already i he's going to steal recruits from sec schools left and right mm-hmm. and and you uh, look at that like that would probably be appealing to him he'd get the same amount of pay oh yeah that's you know not an issue you have the tv network dedicated to you and that could be like his last go you know to yeah build them back up and and the thing the thing that i find funny about it is if he stays there then we get to play him next year, but if he leaves, then we get to play him next year. Because <laughs> we have Alabama the first game of the season. Oh, I'm so and we sorry. Also I know Texas. how that feels. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm just like, oh, we got to play him no matter what. Can't escape the saving. <laughs> uh, there are other coaches up for um, this, too, mm-hmm. I believe, that are rumored out there. And it's, it's a lot of the guys that um, are always rumored for things. I know that, like, a a coach that was at both our schools is definitely one of them, which is funny because he was also rumored to have that job at Alabama um, before Saban went there. Um, like the year, I think the year before he went to Michigan, like in the off season, that's, that's one of the jobs that like he was rumored to take. Um, he would need a good defensive coordinator. <laughs> Rich Rodriguez. Yeah. I mean like, yeah. Um, really? Yeah, he this is. Isn't... I, I'm telling you, he, he's always that would be terrible. Think, I know, I know. That's exactly what I was thinking when Alabama wanted him. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think if he could, if they could actually get good defensive recruits, and he has a solid defensive coordinator, the offense is going to come. It always does. Um. Then I think somebody something can work, but those first couple years, I don't. I mean, the, the thing is though, there's so much talent on Texas's team already. Yeah. Like, I think whoever goes there is probably going to have a pretty good year right away. I mean, yeah. As long as there's interesting. I mean, it, they'll, they'll bring name. In, they'll bring you... in a quarterback if if they need a quarterback. Take a name for a prediction. I think it'll be uh, Saban. Who do you think it's going to be? 
Oh, this is all assuming that the resignation does indeed happen. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the other. Um, I believe Vanderbilt's head coach is one of them. Um, because if you can win there, then, I mean, you could probably win a lot of places. Um, I don't know. It, it, usually a lot of times there's somebody who has a connection to the job or something who a lot of people go to. Like with Florida, I can think of, I can name like three guys that have a Florida connection that might take that job. I'm assuming it's opening up this year. Um I don't know. Like I, I just there were a few guys who were rumored. Um Oh, um Art Bryles. That's I know that he just got a contract extension, but um that would be very tempting. Mm. Um I mean, could you imagine with his offensive philosophy what he could do there? I mean yeah. they basically want to score on every play and you might be able to. Um I don't know. It's well, just the thing like, is that Saban apparently you're talking about res- uh, extensions. Saban's mm-hmm. apparently had one on his desk since like last Friday. Yeah. And hasn't taken it. It's huh. Sitting there. I didn't know that. And so that's been making people at the University of Alabama a little Well, uh, okay. So here's the thing, like there are plenty of good coaches out there who, you know, are coaching maybe teams in lower divisions who, I mean, they, they would probably end up being pretty good coaches and stuff. But, I don't know, Texas kind of seems to have this mentality that, like, they want the best, like, right yeah. away. Yeah. And at least the past couple of years, that's Nick Saban. I mean, it clearly is Nick Saban. Um, I don't know. I just, I really don't know. Like, he has it really good where he is. But he's he's been in that situation before, like when he was when he was at LSU. Yeah, uh, it's a top job, and it's gonna yeah, be. I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I guess Nick. Sa- I mean, Nick Saban's probably the best coach available that seems to be available. Right. <laughs> like it's it seems like there's kind of disconnect, and I think if I really do think that if they would have been going to another national championship, it would have been off the table. Right. Right. Um, but I think the fact, I, I think that Auburn may, Auburn winning that game plays more of a factor into Texas new head coach than any other thing. It does change the course of history. That's for sure. Well, uh, the main thing we're going to talk about today, uh, as far as, you know, news stories, because we're coming off, you know, half a week or so since our last podcast. And there just hasn't been enough stories, except for the revealing of all of the college football bowls. And we've got the list here you can find in our show notes. Uh, just, you know, looking, we're going to see, you know, games that stand out to us before we get to, you know, the big BCS bowls. Oh, man. Oh, um, catches your eye there. Oh, the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 20, Fresno State versus number 25, USC. Do you remember, like, back when Reggie Bush was uh, yeah. there? Do you remember that game? I do. Oh, my gosh. Now, probably won't be as high scoring. That juke down the sidelines. Yes. No pun if, intended. If, oh, if man. Reggie Bush would not have played, USC would have gone down big time to Fresno State because they were scoring with them. I mean, he put up the same amount of offense they did <laughs> by right. himself. But, uh, I mean, it, it won him the Heisman. It did. I believe, yeah. Um, Which he then lost, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it was just, uh, like, I don't know. As soon as I saw that matchup, I'm like, oh. hey, I mean, it really, it, I don't know. USC has looked better on offense. And Fresno State, the reason they're, you know, they're ranked is because of their offense. I mean, their defense is really not that good at all. So I think but you it, are going through a coaching regime change at USC. Yeah, I, I think it could be like a high-scoring game. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe for a while we thought, oh, USC's defense is... I think it's got talent, but I just don't think it always plays very well. Mm-hmm. I think and, and I think that's the reason that they ended up having to make the coaching change anyways, because I, I, I think in the game that he got fired, they gave up like a ton of points. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe it's just because of the schools. <laughs> that was the reason that that jumped out to me. 
Yeah, that's one. I also noticed the uh, the New Orleans Bowl, not only because oh, yeah. I'm going down there, but those two schools are right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, and Tulane. Right, Tulane plays right there in the Superdome. <laughs> that is interesting. Hmm. So interesting. Lots of fans. Yeah, interesting they sell lots there. of tickets. That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, Little Caesars Bowl is here in Detroit. Pizza, mm-hmm. pizza. Oh, like gosh. the owner. Also owner I like Detroit Bowling Tigers. Green big time in that one. Yeah, it's Bowling Green against Pitt. And, uh, you know, that follows up with the Poinsettia Bowl with Northern Illinois and Utah State. We couldn't talk about the MAC championship. Yeah. Because that was on, like, a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we usually cover games on Saturdays, which are more convenient for our community for doing picks. Mm-hmm. But that was a game, you know, had Bowling Green Bowling going Green there. Bowling very good. But they they're are 9-3. and three, And they're, you know, going to face Northern Illinois, who was undefeated, mm-hmm. looking for a win with... With a Heisman Trophy candidate. Yeah, Jordan Lynch. And, <laughs> I mean, they, they had... Hops. <laughs> they did. That I was mean, a game where, like, a lot of the local... Post because it's held at Ford Field where the Lions play. Mm-hmm. There's just like no you know, people coming up from Ohio, Bowling Green. Don't go. You're gonna lose that. You know, that team's like going for the BCS Bowl mm-hmm. on a mission. <laughs> Northern Illinois just got smoked. Yeah, I mean something else. I don't know. I definitely. Uh, what was it? Definitely. You know. The Big 12 thanks Bowling Green, I'm sure. Because if it wasn't for them, then they probably wouldn't have gotten another team in. That's the true. BCS. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they looked really good. I, I watched almost all that game. And, uh, I mean, Jordan Lynch is very good. <laughs> like, you know, don't don't let, like, you know, he still had a decent game against Florida State last year when they played. But, like, don't let that kind of distract you. He's, he's still really good. Of course. Um, and uh, they they shut him down. I mean, like he really couldn't do anything in that game. Speaking of and, which, we can talk quickly about the Heisman finalists. Uh, there are six, and that's incredibly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Especially when you know we didn't really make it. Like, did a they end zone. up? Did they end up? Uh, is is Auburn's running back going? Yeah. Okay. Going. I, I figured you. I mean, like, I I think. If you're going by recent games, then he definitely kind of deserves to be there over some of the other guys. Well, we didn't really make it a big story because it's more or less a foregone conclusion that's going to be Jameis Winston, yeah, of Florida State. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have the six. It's you know Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. then Jordan Lynch, Northern Illinois quarterback, like we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, AJ McCarron, quarterback from Alabama. Trey Mason, running back from Auburn. Andre Williams, Boston College running back. And Johnny Manziel sneaks back into the frame. I, I'm surprised that happened. I think I think if uh, if the kid from Boston I think if Boston College would have been better, then he certainly would have got a lot more attention because he's very, very good. Yeah. He's just not on a very good team at all. Right. Um, and you know what's interesting? Uh, he gave... Florida State a lot of trouble yeah, when yeah. they played the first time. For I believe that Boston College is the team that kept the game the closest between all of the teams that Florida State's played. Mm-hmm. And and that's not that close, but they were beating Florida State, I know, in the first half. Well, that's a rushing that attack game. that Auburn could possibly exploit in the, the championship game. Uh, yeah, I mean just there's nobody that runs the ball better than Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know, Six finalists, uh, that's insane. I think it's more of a competition of who's going to get second. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's happening on the fourth. That's kind of tough. Um, I mean, kind of just based on their, you know, big game stuff. I mean, it's. I think it's kind of crazy that Auburn's tailback carried the ball that many times when he was hurt mm. and had that kind of game. That's crazy. I can't imagine what he's going to do when he's healthy. Oof. Uh, the military bowl of Maryland versus Marshall, not so intriguing as a football game, but the story popped up that each of the players on both teams will be receiving PlayStation 4s. And I do believe, actually, that the Pinstripe Bowl is doing the same exact thing. Huh. 
And um, it's like this thing where gifts can't exceed $600 or something per player. But that's okay. But if they get paid cash, any amount of cash, oh no, yeah. heaven forbid. You can sell their... <laughs> They could sell their place. I mean, they could. Good. Could I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're not gonna have anything to play for a while. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. I wonder though if it comes with everything. Like, um, you think? You think they, they got like the full package kind of thing? Oh, probably not. If you have that many of them, <laughs> I don't know. I apparently, know. I, I don't know. Apparently, they're allowed to go up to six hundred dollars. That was the because after I read that, I was like, "Wait, what?" And then, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, they can get those gifts." My Michigan Wolverines will be in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl mm. against the Kansas State Wildcats. Um, you know, Michigan had a very lackluster season. Mm-hmm. You get a pretty lackluster bowl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the, one hey, of the first years in a long time. <laughs> it's one of the first years in a long time, you know, aside from the year that you know, Michigan missed the bowl game mm-hmm. after the first time, like 42 years or whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, first time in a, a while that they have not been on a New Year's Day bowl. Hmm. Uh, be it, you know, the Gator Bowl, the Capital One, or the Outback Bowl. Those usually all on, on New Year's Day. And That's a, Jesus, so many tie ins. <laughs> But it's usually because you know Michigan has the fan base that mm-hmm. is appealing to bulls, and That's, they just yeah. they just slip so far that you know get the Buffalo Wild Wings bowl. Hmm. Not only is it not an appealing matchup, get that ten fifteen p.m. Eastern time game start. What? Like I'm <laughs> oh, not watching it's that it's game. It's out there. That's in Tempe, Arizona. Mm. So hmm. that's that's rough. Well, hopefully they get. They're good gifts. Um, so get full on wings. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Years like <laughs> I don't know, maybe a month's supply of wings. A year's supply would be a little much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Texas earlier, and they're uh, facing Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. That's, be That's an interesting game, and I think it'll definitely solve um, definitely solve Oregon's running problem they've had lately, and been able to run the ball as well. Because mm-hmm. Texas still, I mean, still this year has struggled at times against the run. Um, wasn't there? A, I want to say like a couple of years ago that they played in that game and like Texas upset Oregon maybe mm, on like a long so. field goal, sixty so. yarder or something crazy. Like, um, oh yeah, the uh, now we're gonna talk about. No, we're not going to talk about it because it's not in the replay. You're talking about <laughs> long field goals, a 64-yarder in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw that you know come up on my Twitter feed, and you know I still had the NFL Red Zone on the other TV. Just rewind it and see it. Uh, that was something else. You know, oh Matt Prater, gosh. Matt Prater oh from the Denver gosh. Broncos. Yes, that was nice. He had like four people who were tied for 63, so it was nice to see one finally, finally break through. Yeah. Sorry, back to the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> Chick Fil A Bowl, you know Duke and Texas A and M. Hey, a matchup you probably didn't expect. Yeah, and you know what? Good I, for you. Know, Duke. I, yeah, I mean, like you know, they obviously don't have the um, you know depth to play. You know, I, I was kind of proud of them for you know keeping the game keeping the game like what was it scoreless for as long as it was. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, just I, and I think what it was is that you know their first string guys they have good defensive players and stuff, but I think as the game went on they just got so worn out like just depth yeah yeah they just really don't have the depth. That's I think that'll be interesting with this game because if they can find ways to score against Texas A and M, which everybody can score against Texas A and M, and just contain you know because lately Johnny Manziel has not been playing well. He's not. Um. I don't know. Like, I actually wouldn't be surprised if that, you know, that line is close. Like, I, you know, I'm sure Texas A&M will probably be favored, but um, I don't. I don't think it's going to be any kind of big number or anything. Yeah. Well, let's get to the BCS bowls, <laughs> and one that stands out, especially locally here, uh, the Rose Bowl. Not only the 100th anniversary of the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. 
But the first time in 25 years that the Michigan State Spartans have gone on to the Rose Bowl. Um, as a result, the Rose Bowl tickets are more expensive than they've been in years. Hmm. Uh, most reasonably good tickets to the game are at least $1,200 a piece on StubHub. Uh, that is that is very pricey. Michigan That's... State at Stanford. Uh, you know, two teams, strong defenses, all about you know power football, running the ball, and they can you know, mix it up a little bit on offense should they have to. Uh, I think this is the most appealing game to watch. You know, national championship aside. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. I mean, should like it's probably the most physical game you'll see. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the most physical game all kind, year. It's much less strength than against game. strength, kind of like uh, a lot of like I'd say combined probably a lot of defensive and offensive linemen who will play in the NFL, um, and uh, good defense. I mean, you know, Stanford you know struggled at times against a few teams they played, but Michigan State didn't really struggle against anyone defensively this year. Yeah. Um, you know, I think maybe some of the teams Stanford played might have had more, a little more speed, but uh, you know, in general, the teams that mit- that Michigan State played were probably bigger up front. So I don't know. That, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Um, yeah, Tostitos yeah. Fiesta Bowl. You have Baylor and UCF. Who saw UCF coming in and winning the American Athletic Conference? I, I mean, I think everybody picked Louisville. Uh huh. Um. I, I think I, I don't think uh, people thought that UCF was you know as talented as all the other teams of their conference, but their quarterback's good. I mean, he, he makes plays. That their defense is kind of what got them there, and uh, I, I mean, they were like one or two plays away from beating South Carolina. That's true. Um, and then that brings up a whole other question. Mm. <laughs> I think I don't I don't think anybody would have really said anything about it, but they could I mean they could be undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they really could be. Uh I well, do so think, could Northern though, Illinois, so could Fresno State. Yeah. I, I do think though this probably is the easiest matchup you could give Baylor though. Yeah. Of of all the teams in the BCS. Um because oh now that offense, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, they haven't played as well lately. They're not scoring seventy points like they were at the beginning of the year. But yeah. um, I think you know, give them, you give them until January first to get all their players healthy. That's not going to be fun for UCF. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, Sugar Bowl gets Alabama, and it also gets Oklahoma. Sneaking as the second yeah, big twelve, team. like probably Alabama's going to be huge favorites. Yeah, in this one, I mean, arguably they're still one of the best teams. Yeah, I mean, in the country, you know, you know, we'll talk, you know, talk about the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game, but um, the way Oklahoma won that game was very unconventional, <laughs> very unconventional for what we're used to from Oklahoma. Lots of trick plays, lots of <laughs> everything. I mean, really, everything I've ever seen kind of packed into one game. Um, but I, you know, that I, I guess they've decided on their quarterback again there. So hopefully, so. it'll probably be someone different by the time that game rolls. <laughs> it's not a BCS bowl, but definitely check out the Cotton Bowl, Missouri and Oklahoma State. It might as well be. Yeah, I mean, this is gonna be that's gonna be a good game. Those are two BCS at larges, you know, playing oh, in a, a non BCS bowl. Yeah. So. I mean, Missouri. You could you could arguably say Missouri had one of their best games offensively all year in the last. The, game. the just the defense did not hold up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and and going in that game, we thought probably one of the best defenses in the SEC. Mm, yeah, and so this is that running attack. Yeah, they just didn't stop you. it at all. Uh, and then the Orange Bowl, Ohio State and Clemson. Did not expect Clemson to sneak in there. Me neither. I don't really know why they're there. <laughs> I think I think South Carolina is kind of like what? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why are they there and we're not there? 
Yeah, it it makes for an interesting matchup though uh, with Ohio State there, uh, at losing the Big Ten championship game, and then you know, get another ACC rep. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, do Do you think Ohio State will win that game, or do you think they'll? I think they'll win. Um, yeah. I think, you know, the defense is a little exposed. Yeah, but they do have time to figure it out. You know, Urban Meyer and the coaching job he does. But Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde, uh, you know, the, that tandem attack rushing mm-hmm. the ball. I think that'll be enough to get the Buckeyes to win there. It's like for going from playing one team to playing the exact opposite of that. Yeah, team. exactly. Because if if I had to think of one team that's probably almost the exact opposite of Michigan State, it's Clemson. <laughs> They throw the ball all over the place, mm-hmm. and I mean they have an okay rushing attack, but it's not nothing physical. Was a lot of running the side, and, and, and the back seven of Ohio, just, of Ohio State is better than it's the notorious for being awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean as far as the defense goes, you know there's more talent in the linebackers and secondary. Well, hopefully, Clemson State. has a better Orange Bowl than the last time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hopefully, no mascots get run over. And then you have the the BCS national championship, which is Florida State and Auburn. Uh, definitely often what we thought at the beginning of the college football season. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like Florida State in this one. They have not been challenged all year, and I think Auburn will put up a fight. But I, it's just the depth on Florida State, mm-hmm. uh, and they have just dominated everyone in their path. What I what I do think is funny or, or not funny, but like interesting is that um, I don't really like I really don't know if really I mean really I think the only team that kind of just ran the ball right at them was Boston College, mm-hmm. and they don't like that. I can like I can tell you right now the way their defensive line their scheme is built and everything that's something that they you know they don't really want you to do. They want you to run sideline to sideline. They, you know, they match up speed-wise really good with everybody. But I actually, I mean, Auburn is basically the team that says we're just gonna run the ball, guys, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to deal with it. Because, I mean, you know, I again, we both picked Missouri to win that game. Yeah, we thought Missouri's defense would be able to say no, you can't run the ball, but they they could not. I mean. It's, uh, I don't like. I mean, it's been, it's really been a while since I've seen a team run the ball that well whenever they want to, and uh, I mean, even at the end of the Alabama game, they were just like, as the clock's running down, they're just running their offense, mm-hmm. running it three yards, five yards, six yards, twenty yards, kind of thing, and uh, I don't know. Like, I think if I think. It kind of creates an interesting uh, dynamic because Florida State doesn't really want to run the football. They kind of had to in the last game to adjust to what Duke's defense was doing, and um, you know it ended up working out. Use so, set the play action. Pass, yeah, they're yeah. they're kind of opposite in a way, like offensively minded that way. But um, it's, I I think it could be a really good game. I think it could be. You know, close. It could come down to like you know the last possession kind of thing. Uh, I don't really know because I don't think we really know how good Florida State's defense is, mm-hmm. just based on who they played. We'd say, well, we'd say Clemson's probably the best offense they played against, and they they stomped them. I mean, they stopped. They couldn't really do anything at all. Um, but then we saw what Clemson's offense did against South Carolina, and right. we're just not really sure. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I think, you know, right now, Florida State is definitely going to be the favorite. They'll probably be like a six and a half. Yeah, I think that's what the early line is, six and a half. Something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'd hope as far as the spread goes that, you know, I, I could take Auburn and win that matchup. Like, I'm hoping that it could be an even closer game, but um, I don't know. You know, advantage which is weird advantage. Like I'd say, you know, at the quarterback position probably goes to them, even though Auburn's quarterback probably does more for that offense than, 
than the other guy, which mm-hmm. is weird because it seems like he does everything. Um, you know, and and definitely you know run the uh, running back advantage goes to Auburn and. Um, I don't know. Their, their defense is weird. It like it gives up lots of points and stuff, but it it seems to get stops when they need it. Um, I won't be shocked if Auburn's, you know, close at the end of that game or even winning. Um, but I just think uh, you've got a quarterback for Florida State who is playing, you know, one of the better freshman seasons that we've ever seen, which is weird because we just saw a really good yeah, one last year. That's true. Um, but he's he's also on a very good team, which I think is the difference between Texas A and M last year and Florida State this year. That is true. So, all right, let's go through the re- replay really quickly because it's starting to become a, a long show. It's, you know, we just we talk about bowls and football. It it has to happen. Uh, we'll start with Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. This was a minus nine and a half point game in favor of the Cowboys, and you're saying uh, Oklahoma thirty three twenty four. Yeah. Uh, was there a fake? There was a fake field goal for a touchdown. There was a, um, I think I saw like a hook and lateral play, um, blocked punt. There was all kinds of crazy stuff happening in this game. You got to follow the stops to save your then, season. Yeah, and then Oklahoma State, they couldn't move the ball all game, and they drive all the way down the field, but it was too fast. They scored with too much time left in the clock, and Oklahoma goes down the field and wins the game at the end of the game. Texas at Baylor minus fourteen and a half. You're saying Baylor thirty to ten. Yeah, just Texas's quarterback looked awful. He could not complete a pass. And yeah, that's one thing that they've been missing on. You know, they have, you know, some some good kids, but never that that one standout since Colt McCoy left. I, they, yeah, it really is. I mean, you, you almost wonder if if you know, if uh Saban goes there then I mean, do they do they really need a really good quarterback, or do they just need a game manager? <laughs> <laughs> Missouri versus Auburn. Uh, this is an SEC champion uh, at the neutral site in the Georgia Dome. Yeah, Auburn, fifty-nine to forty-two, the final there. Uh, <laughs> it just was not a defensive matchup at all. Uh, and Stanford at Arizona State at. Arizona State, so they were favored by three, and Stanford put a lick in on them, 38-14. pretty much the same thing that happened the first time they played. There was the joke flying out that, you know, if Arizona State won, and it was Michigan State and Arizona State in the the Rose Bowl, both teams would have such desperation from its fans to get tickets and to go there, because Arizona State hasn't been since, what, that 97 matchup against Ohio State? So it's been a while for them, too. Those are, I mean, seriously, there was, I think I might have saw, like, one national championship game ticket that was, like, really high that was less than those prices. It's pretty obscenely high. I mean, the Super Bowl usually goes for, like, $3,000 a ticket. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, but that's the Super Bowl. For a Rose Bowl game, and then you start debating, like, you know, for, for the fans... Who you know is a once in a lifetime opportunity. There are you know people calling on a sports radio saying like for the trip out there it's like six thousand dollars and they don't worry about it because they know it's just like a one time deal because it's been so long. But then you you got to start to wonder like at what point you know, does the home experience become just that much better? Yeah. And going, you know, and then the crowd and the Rose Bowl and the concessions and the crowd and the head. I mean, you got to wonder. I've I've been to two bowl games. One was awful, hmm. the Continental Tire Bowl. We I, I lo- we like lost my grandmother. Uh, oh, people were pounding those thunder sticks, and uh, what was it Heath Miller was catching everything against us, <laughs> and it was just not good. Um, and then I went to the Gator Bowl against Georgia Tech and Calvin Johnson, that is where half of his highlight tape <laughs> came from for the draft was against us in that bowl game. But Pat White, like, wills us back in and we, we come back and win that game. Nice. So, uh, good and bad. Yeah. Uh, home, home, home games can be, you know, staying at home watching bowl games, I think is one of my favorite holiday things. Oh, yeah, the Capital <laughs> One Bowl Week? Oh, for yeah. sure. Duke and Florida State. 
uh, in the ACC championship. Florida State favored by 29, and they win 45-7. Like you said, you know, Duke was keeping it close at the beginning, and Florida State with that depth just breaks away. Yeah. Uh, Florida State's defense looked really good. I mean, you know, Duke's offense isn't anything special, but, I mean, they, they just completely <laughs> shut them down the whole game. Then Ohio State versus Michigan State in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. Michigan State goes up 17-0. Ohio State claws back, takes the lead, and then Michigan State, uh, you know, some rushing touchdowns. Get them the, yeah, those there. adjustments that Michigan State made after Ohio State came back, just, I mean, that was like, that was like third quarter, fourth quarter adjustments. Yeah, that was, those are really hard to do after you've already had a halftime. But they found a way, and I mean, they just completely shut them down at the end of the game. It was a difference maker for sure. Mm-hmm. Utah State at Fresno State, you know, the Midwest or Mountain West, Fresno State, you know, took care of business there 24-17. Yeah. After favored by three and a half. So I went 6-1 and one <laughs> on the week. I think it kind of makes up for that one 0-7 oh, week a couple weeks ago. You were holding a steady at 4-3. and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's we take a couple weeks off for for college football until you get into you know the the heavier bowl games. So we'll see how that goes in a couple weeks' time. In the NFL, Detroit at Philadelphia in six to eight inches of snow that fell during the game. <laughs> My goodness, Philadelphia oh, favored by two and a half. Detroit's up fourteen to nothing uh, in the third quarter, and then they can't stop Lashawn McCoy. They're one of the better rushing defenses normally, but through all that slop, uh, Philadelphia scores 28 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. They win 34 to 20, and it was a game where nobody kicked an extra point. Well, I take that back. One time, Detroit <laughs> tried to kick an extra point, and then they got a five-yard penalty. And they're like, "Well, we're gonna clear off the area with all the snow." And then the extra point got blocked. And everyone, every possession else, <laughs> everyone was trying two-point conversions all over the place. It was it was nuts. There Go watch no, some of the snowfall. There were no ankles uncovered exactly. in that game. Uh, Miami at Pittsburgh, minus three. What happened? I saw that Pittsburgh <laughs> was leading, and then... Oh, my God. The Dolphins suddenly won? They, like, kept, they kept like, doing... I mean, they they're doing the same things they do every game. Like they don't put teams away when they're they're winning, and just kind of. I mean, Miami's quarterback was like channeling an old, old great Miami quarterback, and just everything was getting completed. And except that was Ryan Tannehill's first game ever played in snow, high school, college. Bro. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, it, it was good that you know that uh, that they their running back is healthy. I mean, uh, oh yeah, that definitely would have hurt them a lot more if they didn't have him. But uh, I don't know. Okay, so oh, you're, I think you mean the end of the game, like what happened at the very yeah. end. Okay, so I mean, they they basically you know throw a pass. Over the middle, and they, they lateral it back a ton of times. It it gets back to the quarterback. It gets to a like alignment, and eventually, it gets to um. Shoot, I'm trying to think what the wide receiver's Antonio name is. Antonio Brown. Yes, and he's running down the sideline, and he's past everybody, and he's running down the sideline. He doesn't have to run so close to the sideline, but he steps out of bounds at like the, like I don't know. It was like in between the eight and five or something nobody would have tackled him and i mean it would have if he had scored on that that play would have been like one of the plays of the year it was just i was surprised that they didn't have anybody on that side of the defense at that point like you had people sprout everywhere where did the miami defenders go like i don't even know hey you know what i'm more surprised about (sighs) that mike tomlin wasn't on the sidelines to keep him in play Push him back in. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I'm or no, just going to the Jumbotron, guys. Even like, even like he didn't trip over Mike Tomlin on the exactly. way to the end zone. Well, no. See, if Mike Tomlin was there so close to the sidelines, he'd be like, oh, I got I to gotta cut back inside. 
Yeah. Oh man, it really it really sucks because with that game with that loss, they're kind of like finished. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard to come back now. Um, the uh, yeah, so that's what happened. Okay. And I like I like turned the game off. It was like, oh, it's over. And then I heard someone scream, and I was like, what? And turn it back on, and I saw like him running into the end zone. I was like, what? Like, what happened? <laughs> well, Cincinnati, speaking of the AFC North, they took care of business against Indianapolis. Uh, they're favored by six, and they went 42-28. I feel like, like, we all saw that coming. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like a lot of people would have taken Indianapolis, but it's like we knew Cincinnati had to win, and they played like the, like they should have all year. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, is is reassuring to watch a team with that talent. Oh, yeah, that. definitely because no, no, really, nobody else in that com- that division has stepped up at all. Mm-hmm. Well, in the NFC West, a lot of the teams are very good, and you have Seattle and San Francisco. No one's really catching Seattle at this point, but San Francisco, uh, you know, favored by two and a half. They won by two, so in our pick, Seattle technically gets yeah in there. Uh, but you know, it's a good win for. The 49ers kind of you know restore some of that conf- uh, confidence, but you know, it doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily yeah. catch Seattle in that it's, division. It's one of those things where, like, I think now if they do end up playing in the playoffs, like, I really don't think, you know, I, I think Seattle's going to like give them everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think like it's one of those games where if they had get you know gotten blown out by them or something, then you know. They'd, ha- they'd have all this confidence and think they're just going to roll over them again. And I think that's where San Francisco could get them in the playoffs. I think now it's going to be so much harder. I know that that sounds weird. You're like, oh, it's building their confidence and stuff. But I think it's just, I, I don't think that Seattle's going to take any games lightly now. Oh, no. I mean, they got to they gotta gear up for their playoff run just like everyone else's. And... Yeah. Uh, Carolina at New Orleans was supposed to be a really big matchup on primetime on NBC, and New Orleans just do what they do at home. Uh, they blow people out. 31-13, to 13 and it wasn't even that close. Yeah. Um, now, it's going to be interesting, not you know, this week, but the next week, to see when New Orleans goes to Carolina to see what happens. Uh, I think there's where you show you know, what that team's made of on the road. If it really comes down to Seattle and New Orleans, and it's just a battle of who gets home field, uh, that will be interesting to see. And then... Uh, Dallas at Chicago. Uh, Chicago blows out Dallas 45-28 yeah. on the the Mike Dick retirement day. In number retirement. Philadelphia fans celebrate. Philadelphia fans celebrate and Can't Lions go fans anywhere in their car. <laughs> get a little nervous. Yeah. They're tied atop the NFC North. Detroit has a tiebreaker because they swept Chicago twice, but... Yeah, three games to go. It's getting a little close, and the it's... Lions might choke away this division. I did you happen to see any of the um, was it the New England Browns game? Oh, I didn't see and... any of it, but the factory of sadness continues. Oh you my gosh! A twelve point lead. With it was kind of like no, but I mean, like just the. Uh, like a, a lot of people are saying the refs had something to do with it and they were smiling at the end of the game. I didn't see that. I didn't see the game, but I didn't hear anything about that. <sighs> Maybe because Tom Brady flashed that winning smile of his. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm going to faint. I'm all tingly uh, inside. Let's <laughs> well, uh, those New England Patriots. They open up our, our week 15 of the pick six only for NFL since... No college football games, although Heisman. Hi, hey, Heisman, <laughs> you get to pick six within six. That's football, isn't it? No, it's there you not. Go. Jameis Winston, cover all spreads. <laughs> well, you got the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins, plus two. Uh, New England can wrap up the division with a win, and I think they do. I think it's some motivation there. You know, Miami winning against Pittsburgh, you know, saved their season because New England could have clinched last week but i think with the defense uh you know the sorry the the division championship uh, on the line to lock that up 
I think New England takes care of business on the road in Miami. Yeah, I mean, they really don't have much challenge in their division at all, <laughs> really. I mean, uh, like a lot of the teams just don't really have what it's... Half of them don't, even, yeah. and then the other one just, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that uh, this should probably be a pretty easy game for New England. Mm-hmm. It's always tough to bet against the Pats. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll win by a safety and we'll all be like, no one. <laughs> uh, Chicago Bears at Cleveland Browns, minus seven at 1 p.m. Who do you have? Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's very hard to pick against Chicago after I watched what they did to Dallas. Um, uh, I think I'm going to go with Chicago, actually. I think the seven-point spread seems a little faulty. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure about that one. I know New Cleveland played pretty well against uh, New England, and they are at home, which is a certain advantage in the NFL. But I think if Cleveland does win, it's going to be close. Uh, and I think the way uh, Josh McCown is playing right now as a backup for Jay Cutler, Chicago's mm-hmm. starting to find their rhythm a little bit. So give me Da Bears. New York Jets at Carolina minus 11. It's a huge, huge spread. Um, I was tempted to go away from it, but I think Carolina's got to find their footing again after uh, New Orleans. They are coming back home, which is a mm-hmm. big help. And the Jets are prone, especially on the road, to just tripping up and poor performances. Plus, they got to get back on their their uh, pattern. Yeah. Because they won. Exactly. So, so, like, like you know, Geno Smith had a really good game last week, and now he's going to have... So now a, he's got a little... <laughs> he's going up against good defense yeah, this week. Big. So, on the road, I, I think that he'll look, you know, like a rookie does. Mm-hmm. So, and, I've got and, Carolina. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to take Carolina, too. Especially after they, you know, go on the road, get blown out by a division opponent. That's not easy to take, and I think they'll be mad. <laughs> got to get some confidence back before that same New Orleans team comes to your home mm. turf. Yeah. Green Bay at Dallas, minus 7 at 425. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to take Dallas because, I mean, <laughs> you can't take Green Bay now. Yeah. They just, uh, <laughs> uh, first off, they're not at home. Right. Secondly, just... It's just not the same. It's not the same Green Bay team that started out the year. It's certainly it's not. It's, it's the Aaron Rodgers injury, and yeah, it's. Oh. <laughs> and so currently, you know, there's there's some skepticism that he m- won't be ready for this game. Mm-hmm. Even though you know the past couple weeks, like, oh, I'll, I'll be, I'll try to be back, and then no, he's, he's apparently still in pain. So if if Aaron Rodgers does not play, which it's seeming like he might not. I'm taking Dallas. I'll have him cover the seven. I think even if he does play, if he's going to be in pain the whole game, that's not going to be good for them. And it's a must win for Dallas. I mean, they they got to keep pace with the Eagles and try mm-hmm. to keep it close. And the Eagles are playing Minnesota this week. Yeah. So that'll be looking like a win for them. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, plus two and a half. Uh, Sunday night football on NBC. And I'll take Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, you know Pittsburgh at home is a very good team, but Cincinnati's got to get their playoff stride going. Uh, they need to get you know, a confidence builder and a division opponent to just unfortunately knock the Steelers out of their misery would be the way to do that. So I'll take Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, like I think I'm going to take Cincinnati too. I I really wouldn't be surprised if now, like when it's kind of hopeless, they play well. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that I it's, I don't know they've had other years like that where um you know it's like oh it doesn't really matter anymore but hey we we're gonna beat a division opponent um that's just I don't how know, sports yeah. work sometimes yeah, I, and I like I know also because I'm picking against them that they'll win so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just to I'm spite going, you I'm going with Cincinnati all right. And then finally, Baltimore at Detroit on Monday Night Football. Detroit minus six. Six-point favorites. Seems like a lot. 
What do you have? Um, I'm gonna go. I, I think I'm gonna go with Detroit. I think they need to. They need to play well. I mean, they 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 need this win. Obviously, this is I think a must win kind of to keep distance because as soon as that gets any closer, it's just not. I don't. I think there's going to be way too much pressure on them to win, and it's not going to happen. Mm. This is this is a game they can win. Baltimore sucks on the road, I think. <laughs> and um, I, I, I think uh, Baltimore, like, a lot of their close wins and stuff have just, like, you know, not even not against, like, good teams. They've uh, come down to a pass interference call or something like ridiculous at the end of the game. And I mean, it's, I think they can take advantage of that defense, which just really hasn't been that good for Baltimore this year at all. I think that they have the playmakers that can, you know, hurt them. And again, I think it's one of those games where, you know, we're all ready to get back on, you know, shows, like you know, oh yeah, you know, he deserves all this money, kind of thing, and then he's gonna go out and throw three interceptions. And <laughs> yeah, I think you're spot on. Give me Detroit to cover the six. It is a must-win game for both teams, technically. But you know, Detroit is at home. It's a big crowd. Detroit's gonna be amped up. You know, first Monday Night Football game since a couple years ago when they played the Bears in Detroit and they smoked them. Just blew them out. I think completely. there's more. I think there's more playoff potential in Detroit's team than there is in Baltimore's. And I, I agree. And here's the big thing. They're not playing in the snow. <laughs> it's going to be indoors at Ford Field where you know there's speed on the wide receiver core and there's big targets out there. Can They're going to look so much faster. <laughs> mm. oh, than trudging in snow? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, that give catch me... that I saw Calvin Johnson make where he just like rolled around in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, he had snow in his, his yeah. It was grill. like it was like a snowball. Yeah. So yeah, give me Detroit. Oh, so we have all the same picks this week. You got New England, Chicago, Carolina, Dallas, Cincinnati, and Detroit. Uh, the weeks keep flying by, and it'll be interesting to see where we come across next week. Uh, you know, this weekend we have the Heisman voting. Uh, Kobe Bryant came back. And he's had some lackluster performances, but he's getting back in the swing of things. That's to be under, understood. It's understandable. He did have his first dunk, and that was apparently a big deal, even though they lost to Phoenix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's good, good job there. Um, nah, it's it's going to be an interesting week in sports for sure. Although I'll be in in Netherlands, so yeah, interesting week in food and music. And cars. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be, and then it won't be time editing. Show me news game of the year awards, and that's a big deal this time of year. Yes. So, anyway, I'm stalling for time, so we're gonna wrap <laughs> things up here. With that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And we hope you enjoy the weekend sports. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>